You're listening to Lead to Soar, bringing women the best career advice and mentorship from around the world. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Mel. Well, I'm joining you from a different place today. I'm sitting in North Carolina, so I'm in a hotel right now. That's why I've got some awful lighting and a different background, but glad to be here. And I'm uh, coming to you from my second office, which is in my home, which is also my office, but I'm on the couch again, because I like doing these from the couch, because I feel more chat. I feel like I'm having a chat. I have my coffee with me. I don't quite have a wine because it's early in the morning here in uh, Australia. But yeah, I like the feeling of having a chat on the couch with you. Yeah. So let's have a chat. You were telling me about something on your mind and let's just start with that. So Michelle, talk to us. What is a brilliant jerk in the workplace? So a brilliant jerk, let me first say I'm going to give credit right up front to a really terrific woman in my network here in Australia. Her name's Faye Calderon, and Faye is a partner at one of the big legal firms here in Australia, Hall & Wilcox, and she is a workplace expert from a legal perspective and gives lots and lots of advice through our media, all forms of media, and of course to employers about what to do when you come up with a a workplace issue. I first met Faye a number of years ago now when I was moderating a panel around women and the workplace and what have you, and and she talked about the brilliant jerk. And she started talking about, I'm going, oh, God, I know some of them and I've worked with some of them. And some of you will recognise that. We probably all know one or have worked with one. But the brilliant jerk is someone who basically is, it's the workplace bully a person who has what we call toxic behaviours, particularly towards women and women of colour, which uh, there's an article that sparked my writing frenzy this morning about this. And what makes them the brilliant jerk, the brilliant part is that they're often achieving something else in the organisation that gives them almost like a shield. It's almost like the Harry Potter invisibility cloak. It goes over that person and their behaviours are ignored or they're tolerated awfully in some places celebrated to the detriment of others around them. So they might be a really great salesperson. They might have really significant customer relationships. They might be part of the workplace family, i.e. if it's a family-owned organisation, it might be one of the family members, all sorts of stuff. Basically, they're delivering something for the organisation, but they're leaving a trail of bodies quite literally in their wake um, Mm. everywhere they are. So talk to us about why don't leaders deal with these people? In my experience, leaders don't deal with them, one, because they're not skilled enough and they're not skilled enough to have those courageous confrontational conversations about someone's behaviour because it is difficult. You have to learn how to give performance feedback and really get the best out of someone. So in my opinion, it's leaders who aren't skilled enough or had enough practice or are really wary or flat out scared of having a confrontational conversation with a colleague. Number two, there may not be the policy or the process to support having a conversation with that person, i.e. is there a performance management framework? Is there a code of conduct? Is there something for that, that workplace manager to fall back on to say, hey, dude, 
this is where you're falling out of sync with our workplace values, our code of conduct. Or three, they just go, oh, that's just who they are. You know, I got bullied when I was an apprentice, when I was a junior, when I was a whatever. It's just, this is just part of the rite of passage, blah, blah, blah. So long held, now outdated views about what's acceptable in the workplace or not. And that, as I said, that's my experience. There may well be a whole range of, in fact, there are a whole range of other things, but typically that's what it's going to be, skill or will. Skill or will. Okay. Mm -hmm. How should leaders be dealing with this? Can you give leaders listening here a few pointers? Yep. So what we want to do is actually prevent it from happening at the start. So the prevention is better than the cure. So let's talk about prevention first. Prevention means we have a no dickheads policy in this organisation. Brilliant jerks are not welcome here. And what does that mean? That means we are respectful. We have a culture of respect to all people in our organisation. And as a workplace leader, whether you're the CEO, whether you're a frontline team leader, whatever it may be, you make a really public and visible commitment to the no brilliant jerks welcome here but also show people what good looks like. Not just what bad looks like, and we're not gonna do that. This is what good looks like. Recognize and reward people who exhibit the good behavior and deal with immediately the people who don't. Uh, the longer a problem is not dealt with, the bigger it becomes. So that would be the, you know, just part of the prevention policy. Create a listening culture, Mel. So don't rely on your once a year employee opinion survey to tell you what's going on. Create a listening culture. For those of you who follow me regularly, you'll know I particularly want leaders to listen to the women in your organisation. So what is the lived experience of all the humans in your organisation, particularly those who might be underrepresented or already marginalised? So a regular operating cadence, pulse checks, one-on-one skip level meetings whatever it may be put it this way I've got a couple of great guides which I've written a blog about this today um, which people can tap into it at my website so create that listing culture but then when we're dealing with it deal with it straight away but one of the most difficult things in, in these situations is when an employee who is the victim of bullying and harassment the victim of a brilliant jerk they don't have the confidence in your organization's HR people or policies or processes to speak up. Whistleblowers often fare very, very badly in workplaces. So provide a really good whistleblowing or reporting system that can be anonymous because sometimes people want to go, listen, I don't want my name in headlights here. I just want to keep my head down, my bottom up and do a really good job. But I've got to call out this jerk because he is really making my life and possibly others hard. Please deal with it give some anonymity so that, that you can deal with it and pay attention to it straight away. That would be my number one thing. Give the mechanisms for people to report in a way that doesn't have blowback for them. And then as a workplace leader, if you don't know how to deal with it, find out. There are so many different resources around, including your mentors, including people like Mel and I, including workplace relations experts like Faye. Google it for goodness sake. How do I have a hard conversation with a dickhead in my workplace? Google that. You will help. You will come up with some really good strategies. There are lots and lots and lots of different blogs. So, but deal with it. I love those different pointers. That's great. Let's go the other direction now to people who are in this workplace environment. They are, let's say, 
subordinate in this case, and they're trying to deal with a person like this. Do you want to offer any advice to them? Yeah, it's a really difficult one. We've talked about what happens when you find yourself in a toxic workplace, what happens when you find yourself as the victim of a perpetrator, whether it's gaslighting, whether it's bullying, whatever it may be. The first thing is to recognise this is not about you. This is actually about them. So if, if you're feeling that something's not right, figure out what's going on and recognise it for yourself. And sometimes that means think out loud with a trusted person. Hey, Mel, this is what's happening. What do you think that might be? I'm feeling really uncomfortable. So an independent, trusted person. That might be a colleague that you trust inside your organisation. It might be your external mentor. It might be one of your network of women or network, full stop. But find the person in your cheer squad that can give you some balanced feedback. Get out of your own head and recognise what it is to start with and then work on self-preservation tactics. Yeah, you're reminding me, we've got a member inside a career that soars that came to the most recent book discussion that we had, and she shared her own personal experience of, I'm in a fantastic workplace now, and when I look back on the place that I came from, I couldn't even see when I was sitting in it how bad it was, but I see it now that I've moved on to another place. So Dear listeners, if you are someone who's dealing with a toxic workplace or person like this, the answer might not necessarily be to move on. There could be some other management tactics, and, and we would be happy to discuss those with you, but it might be an option to move on. And you know, Mel, so as I said, I've had my head deep in, the, in a whole bunch of articles and research about this over the last few days. MIT Sloan put out a, a study earlier this year and, you know, with the great resignation going on. And they said, look, seriously, folks, you can try and fix stuff with compensation, but a toxic workplace is 10.4 times more likely to contribute to attrition than compensation. So you've got to deal with it, folks. Absolutely got to deal with it. If you, if you want to attract, retain, engage and advance the best and brightest, particularly the best and brightest women, toxic workplaces, it gets around. Yeah, don't go and work there or don't go and work for that person or in that team. That whisper network gets around. For those of you who are very senior in your organisation, what's your brand out there? What's your employee value proposition? But what's the employee brand? Oh, that's a great discussion, right? Brand is not your logo. Brand is what people say about you. A hundred percent. And, you know, there's another one. The behaviours that you tolerate become the standards for the organisation. So if you walk past some behaviour, that becomes the new watermark, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's as simple as you hear someone being a jerk in the coffee queue for the barista in your in your workplace coffee lounge at the bit. Just say, hey, dude, that's, you know, want to tone it down a bit or whatever it may be. Just deal with it immediately. Pull the person aside. You don't have to do a public dressing down and say, did you understand that that really would have been hurtful for that person, disrespectful, whatever it may be. Mm. Have those little conversations early when the behaviour is observed and then it doesn't, well, hopefully it's enough of an intervention for that person to become aware of the impact their behaviour is having on others. Right, right. This is a great discussion. <laughs> We've totally taken up our time here, but anything, have. <laughs> yeah, anything else you want to wrap us up on here? Oh, look, there's just so much going on for us, Mel, and, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about 
planning our our event together in, in the US, which is um, hugely exciting for both of us and hopefully for our members. I guess I'm really focusing on workplaces at the moment and saying stop throwing money at people. I mean, I know people go, shut up, Michelle, we want money thrown at us, but <laughs> it's not it's not the only thing. There are so many studies saying, yes, compensation's the gate opener, right? It's all the other stuff. Do I feel valued? Do mm. I feel respected? Am I getting professional development? Does my manager pay attention to my career planning? Those kind of things. That's the stuff we've got to pay attention to, not just compensation. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that wraps us for today. But as Michelle said, we are planning our live event in August in the U.S. So if you're interested in that at all as a sponsor, a company that wants to send women to a leadership event or as an individual, we've got information up on leadtosoar.com. We do indeed. And it's, um, well... As we said, you know, you know where we are. So michelleredfern.com, <laughs> melbutcher.com. Give us a shout if you want any more <laughs> advice or information about how to make your workplaces work for women and other underrepresented people. Awesome. All right. I will see you next week. All right, Mel. See you. Bye. Thank you for downloading Lead to Soar. We so appreciate your support in the form of subscribing, rating, and reviewing the Lead to Soar podcast. We especially appreciate when you share Lead to Soar with friends and colleagues. Lead to Soar is hosted and produced by Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher. To get in touch with either, visit michelleredfern.com and melbutcher.com. Lead to Soar is a production of A Career That Soars. Learn more at leadtosoar.com. Until next time, stay focused and lead on.